Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to KT Confidential. This is episode 78. I'm here with my partner, Ariel Cremendi. I'm Adrian Trot. And today, now, hang we on. have the pleasure of what? Okay, go ahead. We have the pleasure of Aaron Manette joining us today. Thank hey, you very hey. much, Aaron. Thank you very much. Uh, full disclosure, are we saying that I am, in fact, your sister-in-law? Yeah, I oh, think yeah, we have thanks, thanks for breaking the bank there. To. Uh, so, you know, we had a long chat with our editor today who suggested, uh, let's have a more defined, uh, intro and outro and, and some more structure to the podcast. So, uh, for those of you tuning in episode 78, as Adrian mentioned, this is number eight in quarantine and, uh, Adrian and I, uh, co-owners of KT Realty, the parent company of Cormendi Trot team, and uh, also co-owners of KT Property Management. We've got all your real estate needs covered. And his sister-in-law is joining <laughs> us, who's now a realtor that has been licensed for how long now? Ooh, since September. So I'm still in my rookie year, but uh, I've done some sales. And uh, you're doing a damn good job so far, if I do say so uh, myself, but um, also owner of Monette Bay and Trot Cottage. Uh, Right, our pride and joy. Your your babies, your investments, your your sweat and tears probably more often than you'd like. Literally, yes. And you live in Huntsville and um, you've got uh, uh, also a background in photography you're a professional photographer you've got uh, all kinds of things happening in Muskoka so we're glad to uh, have you on for a chat and we're drinking some wine tonight yes we are so I, what are you guys having tonight I have a Rioja I've not opened it yet I'm gonna open it on camera uh, I'm enjoying a Petit Chablis from France which is my favorite right now and I am actually finishing off a bottle that I opened last night, uh, which is the exact same wine that I drank last week. Sorry to disappoint those who are fans of wine, Highway 101. It's a nice cab from California. And I got a case of it, so... It's going to last you a while. I didn't know we were supposed to show the bottle. My bottle is really pretty. It's all the way downstairs, though. Well, we'll just have to have you back with the same bottle then. Okay. And we'll put a link below to where you can see the label of the bottle if you like. <laughs> uh, what kind of a, uh, I'm just curious, Adrian, what kind of a bottle opener are you using there? Anything fancy? Oh, this is or? my pride and joy. You can't see, can you? Oh. Sort of, not really, it's flashy. I can't, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly. I think it's Lagoule. Um, but it's a really nice um, wine opener. Uh, you know what's good to find the it's, pronunciation it's on something made of the internet. Made of, made of <laughs> olive wood. And uh, it's, it's not cheap. It's like a $200 basic wine opener. Was it a gift? But it, yeah, I asked for it for Christmas and I got it. Very nice. Yeah. $200 wine so, opener. Yeah, I'm not geez. a fan of the uh, fancy wine openers, like the ones where you just push it down and pull it up. I Me like neither. the traditional corkscrew. I find there's something to it. 
So let's uh, let's talk a little bit about what we're going to talk about. Um, Aaron wants to talk a little bit about cottages and properties and investments in the Muskoka area. It, whether or not maybe it's a good should... topic for us because we get a lot of people now that are between um, buying a cottage and having that vacation property uh, versus uh, when they live in the city versus buying a property that might be a little bit bigger than they would have normally bought, uh, but foregoing the cottage and having like a backyard oasis. Well, I've, and having, I've, I've got a lot to say that about here. that. Let me tell you, I've got a lot to say about <laughs> now, I'm that. I'm sure right Aaron now. has a lot of things to say about it as well. Uh, let's just run through uh, topics. So we'll talk a little bit about maybe Airbnb and the market for that. Uh, yes. We want to talk about the market in Muskoka and, and cottage country and just what we were talking about now. Um, and maybe we should dabble into because i know we've had some questions on it is social media and for you aaron social media is a big part of everything that you do and and every business that you're a part of so maybe we can touch on that and how it's it's transformed maybe your life and and become a part of your routines and and your income um so um where you guys want to start let's just let's go with social media um it's kind of my daily bread i definitely um thank instagram and facebook specifically for our success in the last year i mean all of our like our cottage rentals have their own accounts which is kind of like their own identities and our businesses have their own accounts and i think that when you kind of target your Instagram account to a niche to your target market, you're you're filtering out like all the other people that, you know, maybe won't necessarily care that I, what I had for lunch that day or what my cottage bathroom looks like, or, you know what I mean? Like you're, you're targeting the people that are actually interested in what you've got to say about that subject. Does that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. So like, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So and, and, um, and I think you've done a tremendous, like speaking of your, Cottage properties, okay, uh, Monette Bay and, and Trout Cottage. I think you've done a tremendous job in creating a brand for the property, and uh, it's it's developed attention, and you put your passion into it. So uh, I think there's something for everybody to learn with that, and even it, when it comes to buying and selling real estate, whether it's as a realtor, as a as a homeowner. Um, you can and should maybe do it with every single property, right? Like it's, it, it's creating a brand, uh, whether or not it's to that extent, it's creating a brand for that, for that property. And I think you've done a, a damn good job. Thanks. It's kind of crazy that an inanimate object, like a building could have, you know, over 18,000 followers. Um, a, a lot of it obviously like is an extension of my personality too, that I'm putting into the Instagram, but every picture is of the house. Like, you know, or the dock or the, it's, it is the cottage. And so when you follow us, you're, that's what you're getting. You're, you're getting the, the A-frame that is pretty popular. Who knew? I mean, I didn't think anything of an A-frame five years ago when we bought it. I was like, this thing's ugly. And then we renovated it, had it rented that very summer. And it's just like, it's, it's taken off. It's crazy. And because of that success, we got a second cottage up north too. So 
So why are you smirking, Adrian? Nothing. Just smiling. You're, you're happy? It's a good wine? How, how's everybody's wine? So I'm, mine, is, mine is great. Yes. <laughs> did, you, did you get a case of it? Yes, that's why. Uh, well, I'm, I'm not sorry. I didn't have this one last time, but I've had this for a couple of weeks now. Working so, on it slowly. I'm more slowly now than I was before. How, how much wine have you been into? Like, this is now your third case? No, no. I have finished one, and then I'm working on two separate ones. Slowly. Right. I didn't drink anything yesterday. <laughs> you, you know, you know uh, self-isolation is treating you well when there's a day that you just take yeah. a break from drinking, eh? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but Aaron, so to, just to comment on your, like you're saying, you're surprised when people are interested in it, but it's like there's such a big story behind it, and it's like every picture tells a lot about the property, and there's so many people that are interested in design and decor and, and cottages and cottages, and absolutely, like that's a lot of people's dream. Like they, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people grow up with that friend that lucky friend that had a cottage that they got to go to every now and then. Right. So it's like for those people, it becomes a dream um, or a goal of theirs to own a property, especially lakefront. Isn't that, uh, Cana- they, isn't that Cana- a Canadian thing though? Right. Like to have a, a ideally a waterfront, not all of them are, but to have a cottage where you're splashing around in the lake, going fishing and sitting by the campfire, like, Come on, if you if you were born in Canada and didn't experience that as a child growing up, you were deprived. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, we, we didn't have one, but we had close friends that did. And I remember very clearly uh, many events that happened there from fishing to boating. And, you know, it becomes just memory that's engra- engraved into your mind. And it's something that, you know, would be nice to, to give to your kids too. Although it's not feasible financially for many. And there's lots of other alternatives. And I think that's where the Airbnb aspect comes in where um, people that don't want the upkeep and uh, cost of a cottage can have very similar experiences on a regular annual basis going once a week, even to the same cottage every time. So it becomes very memorable. Hey, growing up, uh, my family rented the same cottage. There was no Airbnb at that time, but we rented the same cottage, which was a little group of eight cottages. And you rented one little shithole, uh, for like 600 bucks a week. And and you went and you looked forward to it every single year. And now Aaron is experiencing that, but in a whole other format, because there's this electronic and, and virtual component that comes to it. Uh, how many of your bookings are booked through Airbnb? Are you close to hundred percent or like, yeah. yeah. Uh, we you only I, actually um, we did start using vacation rental by owner this year, but have only one booking through them. Everything is actually generated through our Instagram and channeled to Airbnb. So I would say that 70% of our renters currently that are booked for tw- summer 2020 have come through Instagram and we've said, click the link in our bio. Yep. And that's Airbnb. And so they're coming from Instagram though. And, and you're doing this without any paid adverse, uh, advertising. It's all organic. So uh, there's, there's a huge, um, you know, lesson for investors up in, 
cottage country, we'll say, to, to be learned from what you're doing. And the fact that now you have the license and ability to take somebody and help them purchase that property and do what you, help them do what you're doing and get yeah. some advice uh, from your experience. So even though you've only been licensed as a realtor for less than a year, uh, and you say you're a rookie, you're very seasoned on what you're specializing and helping people do it, right? Yeah, I had that light bulb moment like two years ago. Um, I've been shooting real estate up here forever, for since I, as long as I've lived here, 14 years. And I was driving home from a listing shoot and I was just kind of like, wait a second. And I was checking my Instagram and whatever. And, and somebody had said, you know, I want, I want what you have. Like, I want to do what you're doing. I want a cottage. Like, tell me how. And I'm just like, well, and then, yeah. And then it dawned on me. And I was like, wait a second. I should be shooting my own listings and selling my own cottages and buying for these very people that are messaging me on Instagram saying, I want this. Like it was, I pulled the car over and I I called Brad and I was like, guess what? I think I'm going to, be a realtor. And he was just like, what? Cause like my parents have been trying to get me to do it for 20 years. And I'm just, you know, but now it makes sense. Now it absolutely makes sense with our rentals and what I have to offer with my Airbnb knowledge and experience. It's working out. So you actually responded to one of our Instagram stories, the one with the sticker on it. And you asked the question that you wanted to ask during this podcast, essentially. (laughs) Yeah. So why don't you go ahead? Um, I'm getting questions. We're all unsure right now. We're all uh, afraid of the future. The future is, you know, whatever. And we're going through this together and everybody is in the same boat. So they're kind of, they're messaging me and they're saying like, what am I going to do with my income property? What am I going to do with my cottage? What are you doing with yours? Are you going to be able to afford to keep three homes? Like, you know, and, and I, and they're looking at me as some sort of like, I don't know, have all the answers. I don't, but it's, I, I asked that question today um, on your thing. Cause I was hoping that you'd bring that up. People want to know if they should be selling their cottages. If it's like, you know, panic, like we pull out now, like I, I might need the money or whatever, or they'll never rent again or whatever. And my advice is no, which is, you know, kind of <laughs> probably the opposite to what I should be saying as an agent. But not being honest, I don't think that we should be afraid of um, the f- of the summer, anyways, like of the potential income earning possibilities this summer. I, I feel like we're going to be okay. Like it's going to start late. Uh, we're not. We're not all going to, you know, be out the gate on May two four weekend renting our places at full pop. But uh, I feel like by July August, like it'll come around. We'll come around. We'll have some fall bookings and we'll have some um, Thanksgiving bookings. And I just think that fear is really scaring people right now, and they think that they need to sell their cottages, and I don't think that they should. Well, I had so for the last probably 18 months because we've now had our cottage for closing in on three years and for the last year and a half because now we're seeing our boys needing more space and in 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 the yard particularly and how much they enjoy the cottage um you know i i 
I struggle because it's, it was a great investment. I think if we keep the cottage, the boys will grow up to absolutely love it. And to Adrian's point, you know, they might have friends coming up and, and will be that family that people are like, Oh, let's go to their cottage. And I love that because the kids will then have something that they appreciate as a family. Um, but at the same time, it's a three hour drive away. Um, we don't rent it out. We don't rent it at all. So we pay for it all year round, uh, and use it realistically. We use it all of July and August as much as we can. And, uh, I love being up there in September. Uh, it's my birthday month. That's I love... my favorite month. Yes, absolutely. Cause you can still, yes. uh, you can be outside. It's not too humid. You can go swimming. Uh, you have nice cool nights. So it's nice to sleep. The, the colors start changing. It's my absolute perfect time of the year. So three months out of the 12 is what we're, we're using it and paying for it all year round. And there's been the debate to Adrian's point as to, well, do we sell the cottage potentially and get a home with a bigger backyard and a pool or the ability to put a pool and have our little cottage at home? And now with us being in isolation, uh, it's becoming more and more um, uh, apparent that that might be the better idea at this point and then revisit a cottage uh, purchase maybe down the line. So, so I might not be in a position of people that are financially in uh, having that question, but I am in the position where self-isolation has made me decide, do we really need or want uh, that cottage and that expense when um, it is just an expense for us? So, so that's, that's what I'm experiencing. I don't know if you've got any of, of those comments at all, but um, it's something we're thinking about. My, my followers are mostly just saying like, I feel like I can't carry it if it doesn't rent. So they're saying like, do you feel like we won't have any rentals? And I, I do believe we will. I, I, it will happen. It'll get better. Um, well, even, even in a worst case scenario, Aaron, let's just say no rent this year. Yeah. Doesn't it still make sense to hold on to that property though? If it's your, if it's your rental, if it's your income property and it's a secondary property, knowing how much, and I'm assuming we're talking about waterfront properties, mm-hmm. assuming mm-hmm. it's a waterfront property and every mortgage payment is paying about 50% of your principal on that property. Doesn't it make sense for most people to hang on to it, knowing that real estate, especially waterfront real estate in the long term, is going to be what gives a good return on the investment? Like people hang on to shit stocks forever because they think they're going to bounce back and turn into something great, or they'll recoup some of the money that they lost or whatever. And here's, you know, you're out a few months of, uh, of payments because you can't rent it. Um, I, I think the hold game, and I wasn't knocking you, Adrian, for holding that shit stock for years, but, um, I was about to raise my hand. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Don't worry. We all, I think there's a difference. There's a difference though, because you've got, it's for a lot of people. I mean, not everybody, but I imagine, you know, I, I believe that a lot of people are way over leveraged and they can't like the cost to carry it is probably, uh, 
quite high uh, relative to their income. So a lot of people are probably just scraping to get by. But I think, you know, um, in your case, I would say it makes more sense to keep it and maybe turn it into a rental property if, as far as making a smarter financial decision rather than reinvesting that into your primary residence. Uh, so the question then becomes how, and Aaron, you'd be better to answer this, if for people that don't live nearby, uh, what options do they have? And is it still feasible to hire a company to manage the property as a rental? Uh, or is it feasible to think that they can manage it on their own if they have a two to three hour drive in order to get there? There are companies coming up all the time. Um, There's a business you need to start, by the way. Boy, oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there, there are people popping up that are doing cottage turnover, specifically Airbnbs on Saturdays and Sundays, um, and marketing that. And then I actually know a lot of people that drive up from Toronto to do the flips. And I think that's crazy, uh, but they're doing it and they're like in their third year and, you know, I mean, they think it's worth their time. Absolutely. Just, you know, um, to save the money. I, we do our own turnovers. That was part of our business plan was to buy properties close to our home so that we could maintain them ourselves and do the cleaning ourselves. So we're saving money on that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like... Um, that's tough. I feel like if you... It, 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 it has everything to do with your priorities, obviously. Um, for Ariel, like, is your kind of desire to have a bigger home with a bigger backyard. Is that just like your goal and not so much having the cottage just, just comes down to what people want in you, the future. You know, for us, I think a big component of the thought process has been if we're not buying and selling homes right now, which we're not, we're not taking on any new clients unless they absolutely have to sell and we've been we've been at home now we're almost at eight eight weeks uh that we've been at home and haven't left the house so when Natalie and I sat back and started assessing okay we're we're not gonna have any income for probably six months, and we don't qualify for a lot of the government mm-hmm. programs um because even though we're not working, we still had closings. Uh, happening now, which were sales from January, February, March before all this happened. So we're actually getting paid today for business we did months ago. So it's really not fair from that standpoint, but we still have money coming in. So we don't qualify for these government programs. But what that means is unless the government uh, extends their dates, which I'm hoping and I believe that they will do if this continues, um, we won't have any money coming in for from mid mid June onwards. Um, so when we look at our finances, we say, well, what's the first thing to go and what's the most saleable uh, thing that we have. And aside from our primary residence, uh, which I don't think would be as saleable as the cottage, the cottage would be the easiest because there's nobody there. Um, you can visit the cottage with being hundreds of feet away from anybody else. And um, it's a sterile environment because it's, it's clean as hell. So, um, you know, easy to show. 
And we're going into the season where everybody's wishing that they had a cottage to go and isolate in. So, yeah. um, so that became the first, first thing that if, if financially we needed to, um, that would go. And then any proceeds that we would have would go to improving our primary residence afterwards. So that's funny because Brad and I had that conversation and it was the opposite. It was if we go a year without income, what goes first? And it's our house um, before which, our cottages. Which makes sense for you guys because you're working still within a reasonable distance uh, from your from your other properties. So you kind of move into a combination of the two and uh, sell your primary residence. And Adrian's been big in the last... Uh, Oh, quite a while, but uh, he wants to be putting out some content about how your primary residence is not your prime, shouldn't be your primary investment. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of friends that own cottages up here that actually rent in Toronto and the GTA and they own up here. I'm not sure if you guys have experience with that. I think the younger uh, demographic, that is the absolute way to go. Because um, if you want to live in the GTA now, it's extremely expensive to own a home. Uh, and it's a tremendous amount of out-of-pocket for your down payment and closing costs. And you can own, I would say, very easily under $500,000 gets you a tremendous rental property on a lake still. Um, and you don't have to spend a lot of money on it to make it make it a brand make it make it something that everybody's going to want to rent and you make it into an income property and that ends up paying your rent in in the city and and even pocketing a little bit more plus you've got this property to visit when nobody's renting mhm mm adrian yeah. you've been quiet my friend well, I'm a big advocate of it. And like you said, we've been talking about it a lot lately. And I think, um, I, I think, you know, a lot of people are relying on their primary residence as their, as their retirement fund. And yet there, I don't think it's a good investment in the sense that there's no tax incentives. Um, it's very costly to home, to own a home and to maintain it. And, you know, as soon as you have that second property, um, that you own, you know, becomes a rental or becomes tax incentives. Um, and, you know, and then somebody's paying down your mortgage instead of um, having to pay interest on your own principal residence. So I think it makes sense. I think that's very smart of people to do. And I think you're right, Ariel, that more and more people will opt, especially younger demographics, uh, generations, because, you know, I don't think they, I think our parents grew up thinking that owning a home was like, the American dream or whatever, like that's what your goal is. Uh, but I don't think people in, you know, millennials, I don't think they care so much. Well, I, you know, having a European background as well, um, you know, the Hungarian side of my family, it was very much the mindset that it was, it was something to, to be a homeowner, right? Like you, if you were a homeowner, you had it, very well. And it was always the goal of my grandparents, not only to own a home, but to own it mortgage free. Uh, 
And I think a lot of people um, like our parents and grandparents grew up that way, right? Like having a mortgage is faux pas. And I now think that it, it's quite, quite, quite the opposite. I think you should mortgage the crap. If you do have a, a primary residence and you're not renting, you should mortgage the crap out of it, like to its fullest extent, uh, stay there forever. Um, so make sure it's a home and a location you like, and then use any equity that you can squeeze out of that place to buy up as many properties as you can, create a brand, put them on Airbnb right now and rent it to people. And the most desirable rentals in my opinion are either condos in Toronto or uh, cottage properties that are nicely uh, tucked away on waterfront. Oh, you think you've got two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars sitting in equity, and you can borrow that at now, like less than two percent, you know, around two percent, two to two and a half percent, just by remortgaging. Like it's unheard of. So, and there's so many people that have that money available to them. So does does this mean you're going to buy a cottage? No, I would not buy a cottage. I would buy uh, <laughs> I would buy a rental property. Multi residentials. I want. I still want to entertain. Uh, See, I, I. This is a whole other podcast because I am super afraid of of any kind of long term rental commitment. I do not want to get into that mess. I don't want to do any of that. Well, yeah. uh, Adrian and I invested for the first time together in real estate. Uh, aside from our businesses, we purchased a property, which is literally two blocks away from home uh, for us. Um, we bought it for, we believe, somewhere, what did we say, about 8%, 8%. Uh, undervalued, um, under market value. It has since increased. We closed on it in August. Um, and what would you say now, Adrian? It's dipped back down a little bit in the last two months, obviously, but 12% uh, gain on it. Yeah, so, at least. <laughs> um, for those you listening, know, it's, going on, it's going Aaron, on my story. Aaron's Got just it. taking some photos there for those of you listening. Um, <laughs> well, you know, what we should have done because Aaron mentioned earlier that she hates live. We should have gone live and not told oh. her. <laughs> you think I'm not? <laughs> Surprise! Uh. No, no, no. Um, so, so we have this property, it, it, good tenants, you know, hopefully they, uh, I mean, they're definitely living in the home and it looks like they'll be living in there for probably a long time. Uh, but they pay us, uh, a good market value for it. Um, we recently though had, um, expenses. The, uh, the roof had some shingles missing It backs onto green space. So, Big gust of wind came and knocked some shingles off. So we had that and uh, the fridge started leaking. So we had to get that repaired. But, uh, you know, long-term tenants uh, can be good and can be bad. We've had experiences now that we, you know, we're a property management company. We're going to be dealing with that a lot more often. Um, but before we started KTPM, we had a, um, a client that used us as realtors to rent their home. And, and they had a tenant that they specifically selected. If I remember correctly, Adrian, you said they had six or seven very good tenants to choose from. And they specifically yeah. chose these ones. 
And I don't know. Which is not one of the ones I had suggested. Which is not one of the ones. So, And uh, the big thing, just as a uh, side note on that, is uh, when you're renting, especially the long-term tenants, I don't know that it would apply so much to short-term vacation rentals, but they didn't want, the landlord didn't want to meet the tenant. And I think you have to do that. Mm -hmm. And had they have done it, because after I, later on, I was helping trying to evict them and I met them, not a chance would they have accepted them as tenants. And then on, on the other side of the equation, we've had very, very good tenants that pay on time, that take care of the property and treat it very well. I've had my own tenants long-term that um, treated it probably better than I would have because of how clean and, and spotless they, they treated it as, and even as a rental property. So, so you get the, you know, those fine ends. I saw uh, you guys posted something. I don't know on which um, Instagram account it was, uh, Aaron, but uh, you had a broken pipe at Trot Cottage. Yeah, the joys of cottage septic systems and old ones at that. Yeah, we kind was that a mouse I mean, that was that a mouse that was dead in it, or what was that? It was a corpse. Uh, it was I a corpse of something, wasn't it? <laughs> it it was hairy. Whatever it was, it was pretty big and it was pretty gross. And among other Adrian, things, Adrian, Adrian, did you go trim your beard at the cottage? Wasn't my beard. <laughs> Yeah, that, that, you know, that makes, that's probably really the only complaint um, I would have about um, renting is that you just got to follow that rule about the septic system. It's delicate up here. There's so many problems and it's so expensive to fix. So Brad takes that on every time something's wrong with the septic pump. There's a jet pump that goes like there's a holding tank. It goes into the jet pump and then it shoots up into the um, septic. It's just like the so many bed. things to go wrong. If you flush anything, if you look at the toilet the wrong way, it will break. Like there's just stuff. Uh, so I how you can convey that message clearly to people. Okay, so I'm come up with an idea. I'm going to make a sign that <laughs> says, "If it doesn't go in here, it doesn't go in there," and it's going to point at the toilet. That could be dangerous. <laughs> That could be dangerous. Like I've seen you some things know. going in there that you know might 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 make you question that. I don't know, guys. Help me. Like how to how do I get through to people? You can't. Really? You can't. So here's the thing. Like I've rented many cottages in in my experience, and I'll I'll be honest. I'll throw it out there that as careful and cautious and as well as you treat a property, if it's not yours and you've been drinking, things happen. Things happen. And am I pointing at the right person? Right on now. Your screen? No. And <laughs> are you me? No, I know the no. rule. Where are you pointing? I don't know where at? you are. Who are you where pointing? Where am I at? on your screen? Who? I'm trying to point to you. You're trying to point to me? Yeah. Uh, well, well, well. That's what I'm saying. I'm being honest. I must. Yeah. For sure, I flushed something down one of those toilets that I probably shouldn't have, and it wasn't out of spite or disrespect. It was just out of I probably would have done this at home, and you know, it might not be in my current uh, life, but ten years ago uh, when I was in my you know, early thirties, late twenties, 
um, di different answers. So it depends who you're renting to and who and who they are with, right? Mm -hmm. And and things can happen. Th you know, people don't think about it. And uh, septic tanks sure. are so susceptible to damage. And, you know, even people putting oil uh, down the kitchen drain or bacon, bacon grease down the kitchen drain. Oh, man. Right. So that makes me crazy. Like, we don't do that at home. Why are you going to do that here? Right. But it happens. Um, I can guarantee you absolutely. it happens. It sure does. And then you know what else they do? They cut on your butcher block countertops. Well, well, you should understand that one. Block countertops to begin with. <laughs> if you're gonna rent the place, I hate to break it to you. It looks fucking great, but don't put your countertops if you're renting it out. Right? Look on the bright side. Look don't, on the bright don't get side. bone china the, uh, if you're the, renting the, the pictures place. of the butcher block countertop probably got you some business. So if it also yeah. costs you some money to have it there, it was worth it. Yeah, if if for not if we didn't have COVID right now, we would be actually replacing them with another darker, like walnut V groove type of not a herringbone, but like a because I've got the triangle Chevron. Like I've got that triangle theme going everywhere at Trot Cottage, so we were going to do that again with another countertop that's darker. That'd be nice. Yeah, or you can just, just to keep it the same angle. Yeah. <laughs> You can take, you can get a you can get a branding stamp made and just go around it and 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 stamp it everywhere. Ninety nine point six percent of our guests are dream dream renters. Absolutely, so grateful for all the people that rent at our cottages because they're amazing. Um, what is, you know? Why I think that is though. I think that is because, and it's probably not that way with everybody, but I think with you, it probably is. Because they follow you on Instagram, they probably have a higher level of respect for you. So I've been told that, um, that people get to know us personally. Like they're like, we're in Brad and Aaron's cottage, you know, right. like we, we saw them paint this. We saw them build that themselves. Yeah. So there is, there's that kind of con level of like personal that we have with the, with the followers on Instagram that are like, I want, I care about the cottage because I watched them create it. Like I'm talking about Manette Bay specifically, the following we had during that renovation was just crazy. And I do all the stories with the polls and the help me pick a tile and stuff like that. And they're into it. They love it. And then when they finally booked it to rent it, they treated it like gold. Yeah. That's nice. Well, it's like <laughs> going to a really nice hotel, right? Like, um, you, I like to think so. <laughs> you, you go well. You go if you're. Let's just say you're in a five hundred dollar a night basic room, and you go downstairs for a cocktail. You're not going downstairs in your roots uh, outfit, right? Like you're you're dressing up. You're did you, the difference did, is. Hang hang on. Did you put some makeup on? I can't. I I don't know. It looks like it. Me? Yeah. Of course I did, guys. This is the most action I've had in like a month and a half. Don't don't tell Brad. We got to talk to your husband. <laughs> <laughs> but the difference is, Ariel, you're talking about a a hotel. When they go back up to their room after getting pissed drunk at the bar, they trash it they're, because they don't you, care. You don't know what the, they're flushing down that toilet. Let me tell you. That's true. <laughs> Um, 
where do you feel the cottage market is right now? And where is it going? If, if I, you know, my cottage, you, you actually shot it. It was your mm-hmm. father and mother that listed the property for sale. And yep. uh, it's, I saw the listing. I saw a photo of, a, I don't know who snapped the shot, but it was just a, a, a bad shot actually of the, of the for sale sign. Uh, but in the, in the description, it said waterfront property on sand Lake and it didn't have any links or anything. So I actually had to reach out and dig a little bit. And then you and I chatted and I bought the property sight unseen. Like I, I, I'd never been there, nothing. And I bought it uh, that night and ended up getting multiple offers. Um, if I was to sell my cottage right now, uh, what is the market for it? Is, are, is there a desire for property like that right now? Absolutely. I get that question all the time. You know, what's my cottage worth? What can I sell it for right now? And because I do know your property, I've seen the renovation that you've done. I mean, it's, it's beautiful. That glass, that picture window, that's money. Like I, I love everything you've done to your cottage. Um, you could get a pretty penny for it. Really? Yeah. Um, I'm finding, uh, my searches for my buyers right now are ranging from f- like four fifty, four seventy five upwards of 800, 900,000. So, um, yours. Yeah. I mean, I, I ha- obviously haven't done any comparables, but I would have to say like, you're, you're somewhere close to six. Yeah. Or I- more. I, I pegged it right now. So if I was to list it today, I'd probably list it a little bit low, but, um, and because I know it would get into multiple offers, I think actual market value, like if somebody was to go out and actually write a check for it, it's probably in the 630 to 640 range. That's my guess. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, I invested $100,000 on renovating it pretty well within all within the first year of ownership. Uh, we gutted the kitchen, the bathroom. We did a, a minor lift to it, um, but the whole entryway, the laundry area, the kitchen, all the windows, um, the insulation. I had uh, the arborists come in and and trim up the trees for a better sight line. Uh, the Muskoka room. We did the uh, weather uh, weather all uh, yep. light up windows, which I'm a huge huge fan of, um, and. Um, you haven't seen the shed actually we did barn doors on the shed as opposed to the crap they had on there before. So, so we've done a a number of things to it. The thing with the cottage is that every year, as you know, there is an investment uh, in it, right? So, um, you know, now that I've had it three years, the investment continues to grow because there's always money to, to put in it. But my, my question more stemmed to, let, so let's talk about if you were to buy a cottage right now, like your clients that are that are messaging you and they they want a cottage. What are the top must-haves? No stairs is a huge one. Um, like stairs down to the water. Yeah, and yep. it's really tough because these cottages. Well, top built- cottage has a number of stairs going down to the lake, right? Not 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 the kind of stairs I'm talking. Where I'm talking like. 200 to 500 stairs <laughs> down to the water. Okay. Like, There's a lot of that. Come on, what? Grandma. Come on, Grandma. There's so many beautiful 
beautiful cottages that have 500 stairs down. And we're talking like steep. And that's why there's this company. I don't know if you've seen, they have the um, lifts. Yeah. You can like for people put, yeah, you get a lift installed and it's, it's like a ski lift and you put your food in it and your booze and your toys and it goes down to the water for you. So you don't have to carry things up and down your 500. Is it made for people or for toys? You can get them for for people too. (laughs) Like you get in it and you ride your lift all the way down to the water. It's like going to Woodbine fantasy fair. (laughs) It's slow too. It's like uh, 20 minutes. Hey, can you grab me a sandwich? And then you got to like take 25 minutes back up the. Hey, (laughs) you know, there's too many people pissing in that lake. (laughs) So unfortunately, you know, that's a fact that like cottages have stairs. They do. I was exaggerating with the two, the 200 to 500 all the time. It's not like that, but they all have the stream of just like a straight walk out to the water, um, which we have at Venefe. And so pumped, blessed to have that. But I mean, they want that. They want just the straight lawn drops into the lake. That's it. Like, but does that pose a, a risk? I mean, obviously it poses a risk. Like, uh, people need to be, should people be aware of um, potential flood? Because Musco- uh, Huntsville has been prone to flooding a lot, especially Minden. with the last year. Min- Minden, all the floods in Minden. Uh, yeah. over the last uh, 10 years? Yeah, flooding is a reality for sure when the um, ice comes out on the lake and we have like buckets of snow melting all at once for sure. But we didn't have any flooding this year. Wow, uh, that's good. Last no. year, most of my property, um, all, the, all the flat land uh, off, of the, off of the lake and, and where the sheds are and everything, that was all flooded. Uh, it was sop and wet right up until probably the end of August. Um, that's reality, yeah. but, um, this year I've been watching the cameras. It's, it's been fine. So it's going to be nice and dry. So you kind of take the wins with the losses, I guess, with, with some years, right. just, like, just like some years you got shit ton of mosquitoes at the end of June and other years you don't have any. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and Minette Bay does have, it does flood. Whereas Trot Cottage, you go up the stairs, you don't have to worry about that. So yeah, you take the good with, with the bad. But that is the number one request I have from buyers is I don't want stairs. Um, and I think the other... the I can't really... Boathouses, which is also super rare and way expensive. If you're going to find a property that has a boathouse, like you're in uh, millions, millions... Not like, in that price range. Like, right? And, and definitely not, yeah, not for 500000 Like, there's just no way. Well, well and it's no different from us. I mean, people say, you know, they, they want a double-car detached house in the townhouse price point. So these are the same things that you experienced mm-hmm. and how they relate to cottages. So that's interesting that people, I wonder where they get those perceptions that it's feasible. Well, how does somebody in Milton get the perception that they can own a double car garage home for $750,000? Perhaps because they could have if they made the decision 12 months ago. <laughs> <laughs> More like six years ago, but... Uh, yeah. Aaron, uh, you recently sold a cottage. Uh, can you talk about that recent sale? Hang on, I'll let, I'll let you take over the uh, floor here. I am freshly out of beverage, so... Uh, go ahead, Aaron, and I'll... Uh, ah, so, uh, 
I had the opportunity to list a uh, off-grid water access only cabin in Kearney, which comes with its challenges, but I was up for it. I was pumped. So hang on, so off-grid, water only. So what does that mean for people that are listening that may have no idea? Okay, so off-grid means off the grid. So there's uh, there's no <laughs> hydro running to the property. So you have to create your own electricity and you can do that with solar panels on the roof. So this particular cottage had six solar panels charging a huge battery inside, room for about 14 panels, I think, on the roof, but he had six, and then a, a generator as backup. So say the snow was on the roof for you know the winter and the battery completely drained, he would just run his generator for about two hours and charge the battery up enough to brush off the roof and then the solar panels can power everything and it's pretty cool like i personally yeah. had stayed over there in september overnight and uh it, it it was done the cottage was built so well i mean he's a he's a contractor and he did it he almost overbuilt it but it's beautiful beautiful cottage so it wasn't even like we were missing anything i didn't feel like um oh shut off that light because we're going to drain the battery like it was it was normal and the water is pumped up from the lake so there is no um like underground water with an off-grid and um there's a propane tank that runs the cooktop the stove cooktop and it's heated by wood so off-grid okay. is just that their only operating costs or their only um costs going forward is the property taxes which was 1214 dollars a year wow and then the water only access literally means that you cannot drive to the the cottage. You can't drive to it. People said, Oh, but can I just walk through the forest? <laughs> like, no. <laughs> um, it's surrounded by crown land and uh, you can only get it, but get to it by water or ice. And so he would go in the winter as well with a snowmobile, yeah. ATV or a snowshoe, but that's the only way to nice. get to it. Super isolated. So, so it's a pretty unique problem. What would you say um, I mean, in general, but also specifically with this particular cottage, because I'm sure it would be different than a traditional cottage. Uh, what are the challenges or things that people maybe don't take into consideration when buying from um, the perspective of financing and inspections and stuff like that? So the banks look at off-grid property as just land, um, which... I mean, you can still get a mortgage. It's just it's, they're less inclined to mortgage it. Um, so you'd have to look at like private financing for uh, an off-grid property. But yeah, um, we did have an offer come in in December that unfortunately fell through due to this reason, due to financing. They thought that they could get it and they and they couldn't. So. Um, yeah, I mean, you'd, you, I, I don't know how to say it like less bluntly, but you got to have money. Just like buy it, you know, buy it outright. Yes. Um, yeah. And it it's it sold for. Can I say that it sold for two ninety? Can I say that? Is it firm? Yeah. Yeah, so you can say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's your, and and it's your listing. So yeah, I just I don't know how much I'm allowed to talk about, but yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. The worst case scenario, you'll have to take the same ethics course that I we have all the answers for you. <laughs> so now what is an ethics course in real estate is it anger management no no should have been <laughs> it made us angry that's a whole other course we need to focus on now no no it was uh you know what i actually found it uh 
I don't want to divert too much, but I found it was interesting. I don't think we needed to take it. Um, we certainly think... shouldn't have about no. 47,000 of the realtors <laughs> yeah. that are licensed in the province of Ontario. Yeah. Maybe. But, uh, should you be, know, I look yeah. at every experience from a positive perspective and I think it was a good opportunity that we were uh, forced to do. And uh, it was learning experience. So That's good. Uh, it, 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 as business owners, I think it actually was uh, quite valuable to the yes. growth our um, uh, of our team and we're now a team of eight and planning on expanding to be a team of uh, 14 to 16 in the next 12 months so uh, from that perspective it was it was great I'm just texting my husband yeah. in the basement at the bar asking him to bring me more wine bring tell him to bring the bottle we want to see the nice pretty bottle oh okay all right I think yeah. I finished that one I, f- I finished the Petit Chablis, so I'm downgrading to Kim Crawford. Oh, okay. A was that the one, was that, was that the one in your photo? Uh, <laughs> yes. That, that is my go-to, um, you know, daily drinker. So I, I, I give that to our guests um, at Trot Cottage. But we don't have any guests right now. So, yeah, good business expense there, Aaron. Don't uh, don't let CRA see a copy of this. Um, so, one thing that I think you've done a great job at, and maybe you can talk a little bit about it and talk to the audience about it. So, for those that are interested in buying a cottage and and as a rental, because I think now most people buying a cottage are going to be looking at renting it in some capacity and Airbnb seems to be the 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 trendy and most effective and efficient way to go um, so if somebody want somebody's living in Milton right now and wants to buy a cottage and we hook them up with you and they want to go and see some waterfront property and be able to rent it out on Airbnb do you have any tips for them and more so I want you to talk a little bit about the extra touches that you and Brad contribute to those properties, because like you just mentioned, you leave people with a little welcome package, which I think is a really nice touch. We do that to our tenants uh, as well. And um, and anything that you can, any advice that you can offer in that way in terms of value add? Yeah. So when um, a buyer client is asking me to show them cottages and and what my uh, opinion is on rentability, um, I I definitely offer that. Uh, all of if you're if you're going to buy a cottage through me, I'm going to help you rent it if that's your goal. If that's what you want, you want to do with the property. I'll set you up with the photography and the social media marketing and your Airbnb account and everything that I know that I can help with uh, comes with hiring me to buy your cottage. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, I feel like um, I'm losing my train of thought. Hang on. This is edited, right? We're not going to. No, you need no. that wine. Where's that wine? Brad. <laughs> Uh, so sorry, your first question was about like if people want to rent. Well, well so you you provide details like you're leaving them a little welcome basket and a note, and you've got little touches throughout the 
property. So when people arrive, um, you know, they're feeling welcomed and right. And you, so what you've, contributed to you becoming a super host? <laughs> okay. So those three questions guys. Um, okay. So I, hold and, on, Brad. And here's a fourth burgundy or, Bordeaux. Or, what was it? Bordeaux. Bordeaux or red wine? What was the right. uh, paint color? Right. <laughs> it was Bordeaux or red or burgundy wine or something like that. Anyways, we're going with Bordeaux because it's like way cuter. Um, Richard, that's the you color get... of their front door at uh, I think at Trot Cottage. At Trot uh, Cottage, yeah, iconic red door. You know, I'm not even really. I don't know how the red happened. The red door there because um, I don't even like red. But for whatever reason, red is good. Feng I find shui. that hard to believe. <laughs> uh, I can't. I'm, I'm pointing to your shirt and your glasses. Right. I don't even like red. I'm decked. I'm decked out in red, but I don't like red. <laughs> don't take off your pants, please. Okay. Yeah. So, do you okay. know? Do, do you know the meaning? Do, do you? <laughs> There, yeah, that's the, there are meanings to it. Yes. There you know the meanings of, behind behind the red door? Um, so there's so many. There's so many. I found out later after we painted the red door, I started reading into it. Um, uh, mainly during like war times or like um, it was a safe place for people to hide. If you painted your door red, you could go there. I think it might even have to do that. I don't even want to add this in your... Can we edit it out? Like I don't know. Talk about this. Thank you. Um, that it was a safe place. <laughs> if your if your door was painted red, it's safe um, to enter, and uh, it meant that um, you had good feng shui. I posted about it on Truck Cottage, and you don't even remember what you posted. So um, approximately. I, I'm going to take a stab at a hundred years ago. Um, and I think it, it started in, in the British colony where um, if your door was painted red, uh, it was the sign of you successfully having no debt on your property. That is another one. Yeah. Now, that is another now, one. Yeah. It was now a, a fully owned home and to paint your door red was actually a sign of, of quite an accomplishment. A very strange thing to do. Can you imagine people doing that now? My mortgage is paid for. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> I'll find the post and I'll, I'll send it to you. But did you guys know that um, Instagram limits how far you can scroll back now? No. Did not know that. It Interesting. Just, it just happened to us today. I can no longer go back. How so far, far can you get, do you think? This was the last one was December 24th. No way. Yeah, way. No. And I'm really upset because like I should be able to go back in my archives and see that hit that past, right? Like That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go to yours and see. I don't I don't know why um they would do that. Do you find do you guys have multiple Instagram accounts? Do you find that it your options and your stories and whatnot changes between accounts. Well, it's not always between business accounts and personal accounts. It will, but I don't think otherwise. Not otherwise. Just business and personal have different activation. Yeah. Um, I'm already back it, into June of last year on your truck cottage one, so I think it's just something on your phone. Okay. Well, I don't know. I, 
Anyway, sorry, Ariel, you were going to say. Biggest advice on Instagram. You've, you've got some growth. You've got like five Instagram accounts. I actually tagged the wrong one in one of our stories and Adrian deleted it and faux pod me. And, and, uh, and, <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah. Um, so well, any, any, it, any tips? Um, yeah. So at the beginning of our little chat here, I did talk about how I feel like all of your um, businesses, including your rentals, which are businesses, um, should have their own identity and you should really separate things. Uh, I, I started Manette and Co specifically for real estate, uh, you know, that with um, what's going on right now and everything, real estate hasn't been super active for me. So I don't have a lot to talk about that other than my sale of my off-road cabin, but, um, the cottages that like truck cottages specifically about truck cottage room by room painting is specifically about room by room painting. I actually have 11 Instagrams. I'm not active on all of them, but um, like I, I had Muskoka drone and ever images studio where I did my product photography. So I just feel like you have to separate everything. I don't, I don't like to muddy my feed with, you know, everything that I do and I do wear a lot of hats, but I mean, um, right. I do, I do think that, if you own a cottage rental or even an Airbnb in the city of condo, you should create an Instagram account for that space and stick to it. And don't show me your kids' crafts. Stick to what uh, your brand is and market that. And um, I, I think that it'll go a long way because people are going to be searching... Okay, well, for me going down to Toronto, say to a concert, I'm going to search for an Airbnb in the area that the concert's in. And I want to find specifically that Airbnb. You know what I mean? So if you had an Instagram for your Airbnb, I'm going to find you and most likely book yours. That makes a lot of sense. With that said, uh, Truck Cottage is in Muskoka, right? So uh, we use the Muskoka hashtag, summer in Muskoka, what have you. And Manette Bay is not. It's in Emsdale which is north of us here in Huntsville. It's like Perry Town. And also home of Spicoli's, the best pizza. I am craving a slice. <laughs> oh my God. Let me tell you. Spicoli's is so exclusive. Did you know they don't even answer their phone? Like, how do you no, order no. pizza? They, I've they, called there before. They barely, barely <laughs> answer their phone. They're open like six, only. Uh, six hours a day for like five days a week. Cash only. Yep. And you got to wait 30 minutes for the pizza, but it's fucking delicious. Yes. And I haven't had a slice now in eight months and I'm dying for some. <laughs> is it really that delicious or is it, it is just the only good. place to go? It, no, no, it is so no. good. So it's good. a really good pizza. They do a damn good job. And they do. I agree. Taking it back to the cottage and sitting with that pie at the corner of the table at the uh, picnic table and in front of the lake. There's nothing better. Oh, so, uh, um, my, um, while we have a lot of action at that cottage in Emsdale, Perry Township area, it's not, it's not searched as often. Do you know what I mean? Like, cause there's no Muskoka. It's not in Muskoka. There's no Muskoka cachet. So they're like, not finding, yet, not yet, but they're fine. Give, give it a few years. I'm telling you, it's going to boom. I think so. I, I'm telling I remember, all of my, I'm telling all of my buyer clients to go further north, like go north of 11. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, Huntsville 
20 years ago seemed like it was in the middle of fucking nowhere. No, come on. Really? (laughs) It did. I mean, it was still a spot. It was still a spot to be. Um, Sorry, my dog. Yes, but a a two hour drive 20 20 years ago was, was capacity for most people. Two hours away from the GTA 20 years ago was kind of the limit. Don't want to look at cottages outside of that time for, uh, uh, distance. Now I do believe it's getting longer and longer, um, and it's primarily because of affordability. Same thing, like why Milton is booming, you know. And the it, roads are nicer now. Remember when it was just a like one lane in either direction at one point? Gilbert, how dare I you? I know. Like I'm like Brad. Can you? <laughs> He's a massive. Brad's- this is why I'm losing focus because he's a massive dist- distraction. Can you please? Brad's jealous he's not on the uh, podcast, and now he's trying to disrupt the show. No, I'm good. Got to rewind. Get get out of the room. <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> I never got I never got through my questions with you about the Sorry. the off grid cabin. I want no. to- how, much, how much did it sell for? Two ninety. What was it listed for? Two ninety nine. Not bad. Hey, good job. Can only I? Say, you that can, was a unique only, property, and you did something. You, you did something really <laughs> unique towards the end that I thought I, I think helped you, and I think that might have contributed to your sale. Do you know what that is? Uh, it was my listing description, right? Are you talking about on MLS? Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. So, <clears throat> with the risk of losing, you know, friends over that, and that's another conversation you can have between it's about locals and cutters man uh i i thought don't even go there yeah uh, if you're following trog cottage today <laughs> you know what happened uh, with my post but um yeah so i marketed it as like as your ultimate escape your ultimate isolation quarantine location because it is because it's water access only no you're not gonna have anybody coming nobody's gonna knock on your door or show up unannounced and uh so I think um, I, t- I talked about that. And then I said, like, at the end, we're going to throw in a roll of toilet paper just as a tongue in cheek joke. But yeah. it did get a lot. Like, as soon as I changed that, and then I also use social media to kind of promote that a bit. It, I got asked, like, every day. Emails, realtor.ca is, like, just crazy about it. And I, I know that it has to do with the season changing, too, and the ice going out on the lake. And it was more accessible for us to go there. But... Uh, definitely people were like, you're funny. Like that was, that yeah. was a really clever discussion. But I, you know, it's funny, but it also, and this is what a lot of people don't understand. I think when it comes to just sales in general, but specifically obviously with real estate is that it is about selling and about emotions. And just by saying, rewording your description, all of a sudden, given the circumstances everybody's living in, all of a sudden now you've hit somebody at, you know, emotionally. And they're like, can you imagine if we had this place we can go to right now? And all of a sudden, now they start picturing it, and it's just like I have to move there. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's actually who bought it was um, a couple that has a condo in the beaches downtown, and they're like, "We need an escape." The and beach. We, yeah. The beach. No longer the beaches. Come on. That's like someone <laughs> saying Muskoka. The Muskokas. The Muskokas. We <laughs> no, got a cottage in the Muskokas. Totally. Oh. No, it's not even close. It's not even close. The beaches are plural. Beaches. Muskoka is Not anymore. No, not anymore. 
Okay, you, okay. That's, that's what they said. They said they are from the beaches. Oh, did they? I don't okay, say I'm from the Muskokas. <laughs> but anyways, I congratulate you on your sale. I think it was uh, well-deserved and you did a good job. Thank hey, you. 200, 290 grand and you got a little paradise of your own, you know, uh, off-grid or not. What the hell do you buy for 290 grand, let alone a little little piece on a lake, right? So yeah, well, off-grid is going to become so much bigger, even in primary residences now, given what's going yeah. on. Like people are thinking that way and they're thinking like, how can I be completely independent and, and not have to worry about all these other services to take care of me? Well, and to Aaron's point, can you imagine somebody specializing in that on Instagram and as a realtor where you focus on just off-grid properties and off-grid living and you educate people on how to do that and what's available and what the prices are? I think somebody would make a killing on that. Totally are there not builders? My forte. Oh, boy. Are there builders up there that focus on that? Um, not For enough. Sure. Not enough. So the seller of this cabin... Um, he is a contractor, as I mentioned, and he's he's ready. He's like, let's do it again. I want land, or I want a fixer upper. I want to I want to build this off grid cabin to the nines again and keep doing it and doing it and doing it. And I'm all for it. I mean, I, he did such a good job. It's it's it is a desirable thing. I think people are looking for, um, and it, it, you know, as many properties like we we have, Brad and I were kind of like, hey, there's something to be said about off grid, like no carrying costs. There's nothing. There's yeah. property taxes and that is it. You fill your propane tank once every two years. Like there's no carrying costs and that's really kind of nice. Yeah. I think there would be a huge, huge demand, a very niche demand, but marketed properly and branded properly. I think there would be a huge rental market for people that want to be a part of that and, and, and want to disconnect. Like I can't tell you you know, we have Wi-Fi at the cottage. We have TVs at the cottage. We have satellite. Um, you know, we have all of basically the, the comfort features that we do at home at our cottage. And I can't tell you how many times I wish I wouldn't have my phone. I wouldn't have a TV. I wouldn't have internet. Nothing. Just the lake and a wood-burning fire, my, my barbecue. And my dog, like, I, and I wanted to do my that kids and my spouse, but like, like, I, you know, <laughs> living that, that, yeah, in that way. So I think there would be a huge rental market for that, especially now in the next 10 years, as the generation that are growing up to be vegan and, you know, very aware and conscious of health and body, mind and soul. I think that is definitely a big part of the future. I think but, the whole thing is like an experience, like you'd rent it. And part of the experience is you show up and you have somebody take you across on a boat and drop you off for a week. This is not or, Survivor, okay? Come on. Yeah. No, but like it That's sounds like something out of a horror movie perhaps too. <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, it's, there's, a, there's more of an experience to it. For as sure. As far as vacations go. Well, there's certainly a lot more, um, I don't know if this is a word, but unwindability, right? Where you just disconnect or disconnectability where there's, there's, there's nothing else except peace and, and nature yeah. and your family. So I had or a not. lot. 
Uh, well, or not. I yeah. wanted to do yeah. that this year. In Excuse February, me. I was going to go up north for three, Hang two on. or three no, nights no, no, no. and just read. Yeah. By myself. I had a lot of um, kind of front frontliners, cops, nurses, um, ambulance drivers that were just like, um, we need to disconnect completely. Like I need, I'm looking for a place that doesn't have the internet and doesn't have cell reception. And I'm interested in this off grid cabin because I just need to escape my life. And, you know, rightfully so they, they absolutely deserve that kind of headspace to get away. And so, um, yeah, we're at post, you know, post COVID, I think more than ever, like people are going to need to escape. Um, yeah. And come maybe come up North and isolate or, or just like have that weekend away from all of the stresses that are going on right now. Are you buying a third property? I have bought a third property in Costa Rica area. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about that. So you, you, I, I, I more meant third, third fourth, cottage. Fourth. But hang on. We, we, Adrian mentioned he didn't want to actually bring that up. And I have mentioned for uh, several years now, I think my first visit to Costa Rica was uh, six years ago. No more than that uh, seven years ago. Uh, and in my time there seven years ago, which was only for eight days. Uh, I, what is that? A fly? No, it's one of those new, uh, what, what's this murder, murder beetle. It's a murder hornet. Mur- murder hornet. No, I'm serious. It's, it's still alive. I, Sorry. I dare you to drink it. Alive? Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, I haven't had Sweet. dinner yet. What time is it? <laughs> That's unfortunate. Fire up. Fire. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. So... Sorry. One day I, I will I will join you with my family uh on a beach somewhere in Costa Rica because I will have that as a lifelong goal until it's accomplished to have property there. Uh I love it. It it's like I've been to a lot of resort type areas and you know throughout mexico dominican cuba hawaii um you know different areas throughout uh, south america and i don't know what it is about costa rica but the people are just phenomenal the the weather is fantastic the scenery is amazing the the accommodations especially for canadians and there's a number of canadians that are there and and calling it home now or a second home and uh you know it's it's a place that hit my heart like no other and obviously it did did with you as well and uh you and brad uh, are lucky enough to have found uh, some property there that you've just leveled out and and planning to to build on so that is if that was me i'd be like a kid in a candy store with that right there like that's 
That's exciting. Thank you. Yes. It's um it's still a little it's still a little surreal to think that we own land there. I, I never in my wilds I mean, of course we've gone there for the last seven years, seven winters. Um, I never ever thought that I would be able to afford to buy there. Uh, you can't as Canadians, we can't mortgage or finance anything down there. So you have to have the cash up front and it has to be in American dollars. So that's also another question I get a lot on Instagram is like, Hey, I want to buy in Costa Rica. Like, can, cause my parents are licensed down there. Um, online th- equity, online equity. That's what we did. Trial cottage mortgage came up. Uh, it was the five year and our mortgage broker was like, Hey, do you want a hundred grand? And we're like, yeah, sure. So we took that, converted it to us and bought the land outright in CR. And like, <laughs> it's sitting there, it's, it's dirt. It's very expensive dirt. Um, and we don't know, like given the circumstances right now, like when we're going to be able to, to move forward building our casita, which is like a small cottage cabin thing. Um, I don't know, but we own it. Are you, and- you going to... Once you build on it, are you going to Airbnb it? Nope. I say that now. <laughs> I say that now because <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't know if I believe it. <laughs> well, I really want my own escape. I want my own place. Like we work like seven months up here straight, seven days a week, and and I give my cottages away to everyone else which I'm I'm grateful for but I just want my own like we work so hard to go away in the winter to Costa Rica so I want and that's prime rental season for them down there is winter and I want to be there in the winter so you know fast forward maybe 5 more years or more we would build an actual larger home like the casitas at the back of the property and then the pool's in the middle and the home is going to be at the front and that we would live in and possibly rent out the casita in the back. But that's like way down. Like way. So is, are your parents... Uh, I, I know that they got involved with a Century 21 brokerage uh, in Costa Rica. Are they now able to uh, represent people in purchasing and selling? And yeah, all so that? It's, yeah, so it's not, it's not uh, Century 21. It's Crane. Uh, okay. real estate. And my dad also got his residency down there. So they're both practicing real estate every year and um, buying and selling for Canadians. And that was kind of the draw for Crane Real Estate to have my parents come on was that their listings down there could be on our MLS system up here. So um, that I was... I think it's so much that. I think it's more just having that somebody down there that you may be... You feel like catering to Canadians that you can yeah. try for sure. That's that speaks English and can connect you with the right, you know, lawyers yeah. and everything for sure. Uh, we bought our lot privately. It was a private sale and still haven't got it in our name. No correction. It's in our name. It's not in our business name. When you buy down there, you need to in- have an incorporated business in Costa Rica. And then the property gets transferred into the incorporation. Otherwise, if both of us were to pass away, the government just takes our land. We have nothing to say about it. How how does the process of purchasing and you kind of touched on the transfer, but is the process much different than buying a home in, in Canada? Yes. 
A lot, a lot, a lot. Like you got a couple hours because it was just like, (laughs) it was bananas. It was, and it was all in Spanish. Nobody really cares to help you kind of translate. My lawyer is amazing down there, Denise, but she's also very busy. And it was, there was a language, the language barrier was the hugest problem for me. And you know, that's my bad for not learning Spanish enough after seven years. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot, a lot. So like you, like I said, you have to buy it outright with cash. Um, so you have to open a Costa Rica bank account and that's fine. Except that you need proof of where your money's coming from, like everything. So, cause they want to prevent money laundering. So, uh, we had to prove like this came from remortgaging our cottage and they're like, well, you need to prove that you own that cottage. And it was just like, it was crazy. And then um, I had brought US cash down with me to pay, you know, general laborers, stuff like that. And I had some left over. So I wanted to go put it back in the bank. $9,999, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's, you're correct because Brad and I flew down. <laughs> we flew down on separate dates and had separate amounts on our person. But um, did you know that dogs in airports are trained to smell money? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yes. But the plastic money, if wiped down with disinfectant, is <laughs> untraceable by said dogs. That's Not right. that I would know. The Costa Rican colonies are in are plastic and Canadian is plastic. American is not yet. Correct. Yes. So the dogs are trained to find the money on you and then they count it and they'll take whatever is over and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, so we, we definitely followed those rules. And so I was money left over and I wanted to go put it in the bank before I returned back to Canada. And they would only allow me to deposit with my passport, by the way, you, you take a number like at a deli counter and you sit it for two hours and then they call you and you go up with your passport, you got to prove who you are. And then um, I say, I would like to deposit, you know, this cash and they wouldn't do it. Like they were like, no, because we don't have any proof of where this money came from. You could be a drug dealer on the street. And wow. she's speaking to me in Spanish. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it was crazy stressful. I I was um not having it by the end of it. I was just like, forget this. So I, you know, there's there's a lot that I learned this year by buying internationally um in Central America. Um, I don't know what the future holds as far as building. We have a wonderful builder. He's amazing and he speaks English and he's great. But I, I, I'm, I am a little bit concerned about how that's going to go down. We need a water ticket. Sorry, I'm rambling. But we need a water ticket in order to turn the water on on the property. Um, and in order for that to happen, the property needs to be established in our business name. And it's not yet. And... So we couldn't have water to just even lay like pour concrete. And then our neighbor couldn't put his hose over the wall to give us water because he's breaking the law by doing that. So it was just, it's crazy. Stuff's crazy down there. Wow. Did, <laughs> did, did the bat come back? Patrick came back. I love that you Patrick. follow my stories. Like... I'm the biggest nerd ever, but you're watching them. So <laughs> I'm glad I, I, we can't have you on the podcast and not talk about things that are actually interesting to you because <laughs> you, you really don't care what's happening in Milton. Who cares about what's happening in Milton? Except for what do you think people's biggest fear with buying abroad would be? Um, Just the uncertainty of I'm probably yeah, the language but- barrier. 
No, I feel like the stability of the government or the stability of the country would stop people. Um, yeah, there's no... You, you bought a property in Panama and got rear-ended on that one, but a little bit to your fault. Uh, but well, nothing's, no. come, nothing's coming of that. No, and I lost 40,000 US dollars. Less than 40? Mm. Yeah, but don't worry. It was at par. <laughs> oh yeah that's the other thing but you see in panama if you try and contact the lawyer good luck right like no, if, no, if, Panama's. i just got stuck with a bad builder and poor employees that work with them and i'm still occasionally calling but um i, I do think panama is a good option too i think panama is quite established i think next to costa rica well, panama is but, uh, but here's the difference you have a contract to yes. purchase that that unit. If that happens in North America, you close on that unit if you want to close on that unit. And yeah. now, well, I mean, there were, you delayed, they delayed, you delayed, they delayed, and it was back and forth for many years. I know that. Yeah. Uh, but the building is there and your unit is there. And you don't even know what's happening with your unit. Yeah. If you have a contract in North America yeah. to purchase that unit, that's your unit, especially if you have forty thousand dollars as a as a, a deposit or whatever into it, um, and and that's the difference. Yeah. That when you're thousands of miles away in a in a country that speaks a different language and they don't give a shit about you. Um, well, I think that's where uh, having um, real estate agents that are from or just Canadian or American Repres English speaking. Yeah. 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 For sure. I would, uh, if we, ever we touched on a, on a soft spot because now he's, <laughs> yeah, he's depressed about the money. Never buy from Bala beach. Nice looking it facility, look, though. Look, looks like a nice facility. Nobody's hey, ever it. I wanted to go to, I forgot to tell you, Adrian, I wanted to go to Panama for like a couple days, like fly from San Jose to Panama. And oh, yeah. um, your place came up on Airbnb, not yours specifically, but your building came up on Airbnb and they're making a lot of money. I know. They're, I, they're I, doing quite well. It's, they're especially making a lot of money renting out the place that. He put the deposit on that they're renting out for free now. And they probably sold for 20000 more than I paid for it. Yeah. Plus my forty. <laughs> hey, yeah. lesson learned. I, I, I still, I, I know, well, one of the people involved in the project lives in Toronto and I have his cell phone number. So I call him once a month to harass him. He never answers anymore, but um, in any event, uh, I have learned from it and nothing will likely ever come from my phone calls. but. Life I, is I much think, bigger than one transaction that didn't go well. I think Panama is a great area to invest in. It's just a little bit longer term. Costa Rica, I mean, I wish seven years ago when I was there with my father and I did look at some properties to invest in because that's at the same time that I, it was just after I uh, purchased the condo in West Palm Beach and um, I contemplated buying something there as well. I wish I would have pulled the trigger back then, but still a um, tremendous amount of opportunities there. Um, we've been running uh, an hour and a half, episode 78 of KT Confidential. 
Um, any last words from either one of you? I'm good. We had a good chat. I'm good. Went through, went through a couple of glasses of red wine. We brought up all kinds of topics that are relatable and interesting for anybody listening. Aaron. Yeah. Thank, well, thanks guys. This has been so fun. I've only been asking my brother-in-law to have me on your podcast for two years now. You so know, it's funny you nice. said that because I was chatting with Alicia at dinner tonight and she mentioned, Oh, she's wanted to be on the podcast forever. I swear to God, I had no idea. Uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a little bit oblivious to things. In his, offen- in his <laughs> offense, he is absolutely oblivious to most things <laughs> and forgets everything. So he's so a trot. He's a so trot. Don't, take offense, don't uh-huh. take offense to it at all. I'm yeah. married to one, so I know. I'll remember I'm the most it. obscure things that make no sense and are, especially numbers, very complex numbers, but very basic yeah, like conversation. 40, Sometimes I don't process it. Off. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here, Aaron. Thanks for having me. Hey, and if uh, you're listening or watching, uh, Monette and Co., uh, Monette Bay, and uh, Trot Cottage, Aaron is uh, killing it on Instagram with uh, those three profiles. And you got to check them out. Some really great photography. Learn a little bit about what it is to be an Airbnb super host. And uh, of course, KT Confidential Podcast. We're everywhere, uh, wherever you can listen to podcasts. We are there. Just search KT Confidential. And if you want to watch this video and check out Aaron's cat and... uh, (laughs) And the fly uh, in my wine. And the fly or the... uh, Murder hornet. Murder hornet. Uh, go to ktconfidential.ca. It'll take you right to the playlist on YouTube and you can watch all 77 of the other episodes there. Uh, peace, guys. Uh, nice chatting with you tonight. Have Cheers. a good night, Thanks guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here.